0: three and five. And then right after that, Ephesians 6, 12. So those are my texts this morning that I want to share with you. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So we're in a battle. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Ephesians 612 We wage war against, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So I propose to you this morning that evil spiritual beings build strongholds. They they do it in individuals, in groups, in cities, in even nations. When we lived in California, there there were two cities and we visited a lot of cities in California that just had a weird vibe. Hollywood. And maybe for obvious reasons, just whenever I was there, it just felt weird to me. And Santa Cruz, California was the other one. I don't know why. I mean, I know there's a cult and there's witchcraft and, and there's all kinds of immorality, I'm sure, in those two cities. But there was just something about them. New York City, the uh, center of finance, Washington, D.C., the center of power. Perhaps, I don't know, this is a fact. Maybe there's a weird vibe in those cities, too. Strongholds are fortresses where the enemy hides and is protected. Where does he build strongholds? In minds. In thought patterns. He seeks to influence culture. Through individuals and groups and their thinking, we've seen sweeping changes in our culture in America to what I would call now a cancel culture, whether it's music, movies, television. The education system has changed dramatically since I was a baby in the 50s It's become more anti-Christian, anti-biblical. Cultural Marxism and wokeness are more the norm. So when the enemy erects a stronghold in a life, in a culture, it's tough to get him out because he fortifies his position. He hides in people's thought life. They think that they originated the thought when the truth of the matter is they've simply believed his lie. Let me give you some just quick rapid fire examples that might be a stronghold. She didn't smile back, respond or call me. So she must not like me. I must be liked and in control. What's so and so thinking? I haven't heard from them in a while. It must be something I've done. I'm ugly, fat, stupid, old. A child born in a family with a birth defect, the spouses kind of secretly wonder if the other spouse isn't somehow to blame. They blame each other. Any kind of addiction to substances or anything really can point back to bad thinking and a stronghold that the enemy has built in our lives. I need that thing. Toxic relationships that we just hold on to month after month, year after year. Skinny is better. Young is better. Rich is better. White is better. Black is better. Republican is better. Democrat is better. I'm terrified of what? X. COVID. Another race. Immigrants. What's the truth? I am complete in Christ. He is my best friend. I am seated with him in heavenly places. The Bible says the thief comes but to kill, steal and destroy. But I, Jesus, I've come, Jesus said, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now I want to just enlarge on four common strongholds that I think are in people's lives, even Christians' lives, to look at some thought patterns that affect Our life and our family relations. The first one is fear. Fear can become so debilitating in someone's life that they don't even leave their house. I've heard many accounts of what is the greatest fear of people. And so many will say public speaking. Number two in these lists is is sometimes death. And just think about that for a minute. To me, that's amazing. That we would rather die than get up in front of people and speak. As a result, many Christians don't witness. They don't share their faith with anyone because this fear has paralyzed them. I might be rejected. Someone will think I'm a fanatic. We don't share praise at church. We don't teach others from the Bible because we're afraid. Fop and foth. Fear of people. Fear of failure. Maybe when you were younger, you spoke up on an issue and got laughed at. So you clammed up. You tried out for the sports team and got cut. Someone said your nose was too big. And so we resolved in our minds, maybe not even consciously, I'm never going to do that again. The pain was too great. We closed up our hearts and believed the lie. Now we stay safe. We stay quiet. Second, Timothy one seven says God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of power of love and of self-discipline or a sound mind. We see there's a spiritual component to fear, a spirit of the enemy enters the trauma or hurt, builds a stronghold there through the lies we believe, and he stays and torments us. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. Now, the Bible says the only thing we should fear is God. Yet we fear many other things. We put our trust in many other things than God. And then that thing becomes our God. If I fear failure, then success is my God. If I fear people, I've made them my God. If I fear death. I have made life here, my God. If I fear sickness, then health is my God. If I fear embarrassment, then pride is my God. We don't surrender ourselves completely to God and say, whatever you want to do with my life, Lord, it's good. Because we fear what he might call us to do, where he might call us to go. Maybe he'll call me to be a missionary to cannibals in New Guinea. And I don't want that. There are so many fears we're bound by fear of the future, fear of the unknown. Maybe you're in chains today. I want to tell you and encourage you, you can be free. The root of fear is feeling separated from God. And the Bible says there's no separation now for those who are in Christ Jesus, that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Joshua One nine says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. So step out in faith. Life is a risk. I don't know if this fits as an illustration, but I want to share it anyway. I'm a Tim Tebow fan. So when his name comes across my newsfeed, I always want to read about it because he's just a guy that intrigues me how he lives out his Christian faith. But this is really about the Jaguars number one pick franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He said he commented or was asked about Tim Tebow, a former college quarterback, an NFL quarterback, about him being on the team. So if. Trevor Lawrence has any fear about that. That might leak out in what he said. But I I liked what he said. Trevor Lawrence said this about Tim Tebow. He's a hard worker, has great character. And what he brings to a locker room is special. People just want to be around him. I'm excited for him to be here. And I know a lot of other guys are, too. It's going to be fun. See, to me, that's a guy that doesn't have stronghold of fear operating in his life. Another NFL quarterback on the team. That's great. He's a great teammate. He's going to help us. Here's a second one that I think Christians are impacted by. Legalism slash lukewarmness. Now, they seem to be just the opposite, but I think they fit together. I want to show you that. This stronghold is basically pride. And people can never go far with God if they have pride because the Bible says God resists the proud. Proud Christians often become legalists, legalistic, which drives away the spirit faster than anything I can think of. God's spirit was drawn to the sinful tax collector who admitted as much. And God's spirit was repulsed and turned away from the proud Pharisee who stood in the temple and said, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people over here. Have you ever heard a Christian confess, I'm a proud Pharisee? I don't think I've ever heard that. This, this sin is so binding And so deceptive because the person feels like they have it together spiritually. They have it together with God. God and I are like this. It's me that's holding this church together. They feel indispensable. Repent of what? They never repent. Tradition then replaces being spirit led. We've always done it this way. The focus is on the past, the good old days. If God himself showed up at their church, they would tell him to his face, you should leave. Because we trust religious activities rather than the spirit leading. We grow content in our religious activities. And then we become lukewarm with God. What does Jesus do to the lukewarm? He spits them out of his mouth. Passion and hunger for God is what brings the spirit. The I'm doing just fine attitude is really coldness toward God. And the enemy loves to bring strongholds in this area of pride if we let him. If we humble ourselves, then the enemy can't. The third one, unforgiveness. This is a huge stronghold in some Christian people's lives. They're like professionals at it. They hold grudges for years against family members, former friends, even people in their church. He hurt me. I will never forgive him. If they wouldn't say it out loud, they think it in their minds. And it's very dangerous. Hebrews, no, Matthew 6. Let me do that one first. Matthew six fourteen to 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And that's a scary verse. Hebrews twelve fifteen. see to it that no one misses the grace of God. I could miss the grace of God. How? That no bitter root grows up. To cause trouble and defile many. Unforgiveness kills revival in church. It causes health problems. And Satan wants this one for sure. He builds the stronghold and we justify our unforgiveness. They deserve it. They wronged me. Fourth, one, anger. And I think anger and unforgiveness are often very closely related Unforgiveness is usually more under the surface where anger kind of leaks out and seeps out and is more out there in the open. Again, it's easy to justify they did me wrong. They blocked my goals, which is really what anger is. My goal's been blocked. So I'm mad. I'm justified to feel this way. Really, if you're angry all the time, you're thinking in your mind, maybe not outwardly, but it's there. I'm a victim. People continue to victimize me. Satan has built a stronghold and g- generations can stay bound by it. Two passages out of Proverbs from the Message translation. Proverbs 11:29 exploit or abuse your family and end up with a fistful of air. Common sense tells you it's a stupid way to live. Proverbs 29:11 A fool lets it all hang out. A sage quietly mulls it over. So what do I got to do? I need to reprogram my thinking. The way I think impacts the way I feel. The way I feel impacts the way I act. So it has to go back to the way I think. That's what I've got to change. What do I do if there's strongholds in my life? Where are strongholds built? Well, oftentimes on cliffs. That area is a stronghold because it's hard to get to it. Or if it's on a flat plain they would build walls around that city. Think of Jericho, for instance, a double walled city thought to be impregnable. But we know the story in the Bible that the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. How did they come down? God did it. God smashed those walls down. But it also involved the people of Israel obeying God. They had to do what God told them to do, or those walls would not have come down. They could not have sat back in their lawn chairs and watched God smash it down. They had to get out front. They had to march around the city the prescribed amount of times for the prescribed amount of days and then blow their trumpets. We have our part to do. Let me give you three things by application to do to tear down strongholds in your life. First is discern sinful thought patterns. That's the first thing. And it's extremely difficult to do because the enemy hides in our thoughts. So it's hard to detect him there. We think it's us. How did Satan tempt our first parents, Adam and Eve? And also in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 with Jesus in the wilderness when he was tempted by the enemy. What did the enemy do? He planted suggestions. Did God really say, hmm, let me see, of course, God said but we begin to doubt. Maybe God didn't say you'll be as God. That's false. But maybe I will. We think it's our own thought, but it's really Satan's lies. Then he gets in and builds a stronghold there. Layer upon layer of lies. And then he's firmly entrenched. So we need the objectivity of the Holy Spirit in other people. We ask the Holy Spirit, would you please reveal, Lord, any patterns of thinking that I've developed over the years, maybe from a past hurt, some unforgiveness or whatever it is. Would you show me that? Would you reveal that to me? Christian friend, would you help me by holding me accountable in this area? You're someone that I could come to and just talk about these things with. And of course, you have the word. How did Jesus overcome Satan's suggestions and lies in the wilderness? It is written. It is written. It is written three times. You have the word of God to stand on, to think Through, Let that be your filter of your thinking. The Word of God. Second thing we have to do is repent. After I see the sin, I have to repent of it. And that doesn't mean saying, I'm sorry. That's not repentance. That might be confession. That's a good first step. But repentance goes a a step further. It says, I have to go a new way. I reject the old way I was going, the old way of thinking, and I'm going a new way, a new direction. I've changed my mind. Romans 12 two, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Jesus said the enemy has nothing on me or nothing in me. He had no stronghold in Jesus. Philippians 2 says, let the same mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. It's thinking like Jesus. How do I think like Jesus? I'm in the word. Being in the word. If I'm never in the word, I'm not going to think like Jesus thought. I'm focusing on him, not the old stronghold. I repent of that sin. I turn away from it, turn my back on that way of thinking. God moves in my life. Joshua three, five, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, repent for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. If I repent, that opens the door up in my life for God to come in and do amazing things. Thirdly, tear it down. Tear it down in the Old Testament. This was done physically physically. Gideon is an example of tearing down a stronghold in Judges 6:25 and 26. That same night, the Lord said to him, Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Very specific. Here's what you're to do. Tear down your father's altar to Baal or Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord, your God. That, that's the order. I tear down the old thing and I build a new altar and the weapons I tear it down with aren't carnal, but they're mighty in God. They have divine power to pull down strongholds. So I'm going to ask other spirit filled believers to come alongside of me and pray for me and stand with me in this endeavor of tearing down this old entrenched pattern of sin and sinful thinking in my life. The Christian counselor can be an ally. And of course, I can proclaim the word of God over my situation. So we've torn down the old stronghold and I build a new one that God can inhabit. I'm thinking the truth and new patterns of thinking become in my life. Psalm 91 verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my stronghold, my God in whom I will trust. Now, God has become the stronghold in my life. I'm thinking his thoughts. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I would pray right now that your Holy Spirit would begin to do a work in hearts, in minds, in spirits, in this room. It could be a dramatic work that everything changed right here today. Or a work, a process that it began today and it's carried out. But Lord, I pray that You would deliver us from sinful wrong, unbiblical thinking that perhaps we have been entrenched in for years, that we would see it for the first time and repent of it and tear it down and rebuild in Your Word. Oh God, I pray that You would do a healing work that we would think like You. Lord, you are our refuge. You are our fortress. You alone are our stronghold. We are safe in you. In Jesus' name, amen.